Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me to go over. And Gary Trust here in Billboard's New York offices. And with us this week, Pete Casenza, Senior VP of Promotion for Adult Formats for Columbia Records. Hey, Pete. Hey, Gary. How are you? Just actually say hello, right? That's probably your favorite hello, word Gary. <laughs> of the last few months at Columbia, right? Yeah, it's it's been amazing. It's been amazing the last few months with Adele, absolutely, and and so many other artists. But uh, yeah, hello, hello. All right, that'll be uh, our, our word of the day here on the uh, Charfy Podcast. So, uh, Pete, you've you've how long have you been uh, in your position at Columbia? I just um, just finished my twenty third year. Really? Uh, in this position, it's been about fifteen, but I've I've been at Columbia for twenty three years. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. All right, we'll Thank talk you. about some of the acts that you've. Worked. I've known you for a long time, and, yes. and I was in radio. You worked at records when I was in adult uh, top forty radio. So we can talk about the old days of uh, Train and, and, and some of the acts uh, back in the nineties. At this point, yes, that's where I started back in nineteen ninety four. All right, great. Yeah. Well, tell everyone, and, and you're telling me as well, because because even I don't know all the details. Uh, Senior VP of Promotion of Adult Formats. What does that mean? What do you do in your position? What's your day to day job? Well, uh, uh, the primary job is to get records played on the radio. I mean, that's that's what we do day in and day out in the promotion department at Columbia Records, at, at any record label. The promotion department is uh, is there to get records played on the radio, and, and hopefully the more they get played, uh, the bigger they get, they become bigger hits, develop an artist's uh, career at that point. Um, specifically, uh, adult radio formats are, um, you know, pop music for adults. You know, this format was kind of designed and tweaked I guess about 15, 20 years ago, um, there was always the adult contemporary format, which was softer. And, right. um, it was pop music, but it was, you know, the older demographics. Um, but uh, some people put together a radio format that that was um, designed to be hit music for adults, and hence the name Adult Top 40. Um, and then there were many artists that kind of fit into that, that format, uh, from the very beginning that it, that it launched, and they weren't quite young end pop artists, and they weren't upper demo softer artists, and um, 
so my job specifically is to get those artists uh, at Columbia Records launched, and then once we launch them, uh, hopefully maintain their careers for as long as we can. And, and, you know, we were very fortunate from the very beginning when, when the format launched and, and we put the department together. Um, we, we've been blessed with some tremendous artists uh, from the very, very beginning. Um, and I should say that I, I came from pop radio. I mean, that's kind of okay, – uh, I right. did pop promotion. And, um, you know, I, prior to coming to Columbia, I, I programmed pop radio stations. So it was kind of a natural transition to this as uh, – this position as I, as I stayed with Columbia to try to do something different and bigger and, and create a whole new department. I didn't know you worked in radio before you joined the label side. Yes, uh, I programmed a number of stations and, and did marketing and promotion as well uh, at some stations around the country for about 10 years. So that has to give you, obviously, and you've used this for 23 years now at Columbia, the perspective of the program. You know exactly what they're thinking. When you say, here's the new music we've got for you. 100%. I mean, as much as things have changed in programming over the years and technology and research and all things like that, um, a, lot of, a lot of things haven't changed. There's still some pretty basic uh, ideas about how to program a radio station and what to do with it. And um, some of the things that I did 25, 26 years ago are still being done today um, or the way they're being done. And... Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really cool, and I love knowing and, uh, how to program and how they program and what they do. And I also love learning the new things about radio programming and, and put that into my job every day. Every day I, I, I combine the two, and um, hopefully that helps me to keep going. It, the importance of radio nowadays versus in the 90s when radio was one of the absolute uh, only choices to hear uh, places you could hear new music. Now with streaming and so many other platforms, where is radio's uh, place in the landscape right now at promotion? I know the numbers are still really high for radio listening, but it's it's not the only place at this point, but that's still where you're primarily promoting. Yes, and I may be a little biased because I'm in the business and I'm in this side of the business and I came from radio, uh, so I may even be more biased, but, but I don't really think it's a bias. I mean, the numbers still speak for themselves. The most powerful way to this day to reach the masses and to reach them on a repetitive basis is broadcast and satellite radio. It's as simple as that. I mean, we, we promote and we talk to and we feel very strongly about internet radio and streaming services, all these new ways and, and video channels um, online, you know, internet video channels, they're all extremely important. They're all part of the picture. But every time we sniff a hit, every time there's a, a thought of this artist could be the next one to break, the first thing every record company says is, we got to go to radio. Right. radio, Broadcast radio, satellite radio. It's, it's absolutely the most powerful way to reach people. Um, and, and, and like I said, the, re the repetition is there. If you have something and it gets played over and over and over again on a station that cumes 3 million people a week or 2 million people a week or a million people a week, you're going to hit those ears over and over and over. And we've seen it happen time and again. We, we've seen it happen that a song that looks real, we have one right now uh, with Ruth B. and right. Lost Boy. right. We, we felt good about it from the first time we heard it. And and Ruth had a tremendous social media following before we signed her. And then after we signed her, we helped her with our digital department to grow even more in the social world. 
And as soon as we got that song on the radio, instantaneous reaction in single sales and in Shazam. So it, it's, it's proof positive again. I can give you 10 more examples from my label and, and many others. You get a song on the radio and you start reaching tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, million people. And if, if, it's, if it's real, if it's a hit, the reaction is just explosive. And that's why I'm still so, so high on, on radio and, and will be for the rest of my career and for many, many decades to come. And you're still are you also promoting to Pandora and uh, Spotify? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like I said, stream Spotify and Apple Music, extremely important places. Those the services you have to pay for. Right. And we've put together some great deals with those companies. But as soon as you have to pay for something, the reach goes down. It's as simple as that. Okay. And, right? Radio, broadcast radio is free. That's why a hit song on pop and adult pop radio let's call it a top five hit song, can reach 150 million people a week because you're getting played right, over and over and over. The number one it's song of the week is always about that uh, on our radio songs. Chart. Right, right. So that's powerful. That's something that you just, I don't, I don't know. Perhaps it will, but I'm not sure if the numbers will ever reach that with the streaming services. Just because, We'll see if the, maybe the price goes down per month. Right. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have the answer. I do know that I love the streaming services. I think they're awesome, and I think they're absolutely a way of the future. But not to replace radio. It's just you know, it's just I don't I don't see them replacing radio in my in my opinion. Um, one of the things that I often find you know, rewind a few decades, you know, making mixtapes, right? Everybody, the, the cool people made the mixtapes, right. right? That that took time to do, right? Right. And and the creative people and the people that loved to do that did it, and the others listen to the mixtapes that others made, right? Well, now you can make your own mixtapes, right? You can make your own playlist on, on Apple Music and, and, and people do it. And right. they first get in the service and they create their lists and they hit their radio and their Pandoras and all this kind of stuff, right? And then what happens after a couple, three months? They get tired of, of tweaking it and adjusting it. They get tired of building their own playlist and they say, J just entertain me. And they go back to a radio station, whether it's a Spotify radio station or broadcast radio so if it's programmed well radio in my opinion will be around forever it's it, it's exciting it's fun in in many cases it's still local right um so uh, that that's why i believe in the power of radio and why we put so much emphasis on promoting our records there as well as the other places right. which are all extremely important and getting more important every week well, you hit a good psychological point because when you make a playlist, you, you, you take that surprise element out. You you may not know every song. You may not remember the exact order. But I think the nice thing about radio is you know you choose the station you're going to listen to and you have a general idea of the sound that you're going to like that. But then there's still the surprise of what song is coming up next. That's right. And, and and entertain me, you know. There's there's some there's some other places to be entertained and be informed. Um, I think music choice is really cool. You know, when I'm sitting there at home and I'm listening to Music Choice and watching the little information pop up on the screen, I think that's really cool. I, I didn't know that about that artist, you right. know, and, you know, it's, it's neat. But how many times can I sit around for hours on end or half an hour and just sit and watch and listen? So I take that information, which I love. I, I, I listen to Music Choice a lot. And then you combine that with in my car or at my house or, you know, working out. And I've got a radio station on and the jock or, or, or the personality and starts talking about 
whatever, the artist or something going on in town or, you know, politics or whatever it is they're talking about. Right, right. So it's all in the mix with the music, but they're, they're doing my homework for me, you know, I, and, I, and I think that's how a lot of the public is. There's always going to be the trendsetters and the people out in front, and I'll do it by myself. I'll get my weather app, and every day it comes up on my phone, and I know the weather for the day. But the vast majority of people now still, still turn that radio on or turn that TV on to look at what the weatherman or weather woman has to say. Pete Casenza with us here on the Billboard Sharpie podcast this week, Senior VP of Promotion for Adult Formats. Columbia Records, it's the oldest label in the country, right? Yes. How many years old now? Gosh, now it's uh, 127 years, I think. We had 125th anniversary a couple, three years ago, so it's, it's, uh, it's probably close to 130 now. What's your secret to continuing that legacy, promoting hits? How... At its most basic level, how do you get songs on the radio? How do you make hits? It starts with the artists. You know, we've, throughout history, found, signed, developed, and and maintained the careers of many, many artists. But it starts with their art. Without their art, we don't have a 130-year legacy. Um the folks in A&R, album repertoire, that go out and sign these artists from the very beginning up until today, they just have this 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 knack. They have this this thing that they can see things and hear things in people that that others you know others don't. Um, sometimes they're right. Many times they're right. You know, and and we have uh, a lot of proof that um, what what we thought would be big turns out to be gigantic. You know, um, and sometimes we're not right. But we, we give artists a shot. You know, we believe in somebody, we give them a shot. And, and if it works and we keep building their careers, we keep going. And if it doesn't, then, you know, we try something different. So you've got an artist that uh, you think is going to be a hit, and then you you take it to radio. What What's the process of getting that song that you believe in to actually being heard and becoming a hit? Well, it's, it starts with relationships, conversation, you know. Um, the, the longer you do this, the more you know people. Um, hopefully you've built a track record of more success than, right. than, than failure. Um, people develop a trust in you. Um, and, and then there's a key ingredient which we, we all believe in, and that's passion. You know, if we, the same way that A&R person who signed the artist believed in them and saw something special, once they're signed and, and produced and, and the songs come together, we then hear it and we get passionate about it. We say, wow, this is amazing. And it's, it's why I fell in love with uh, this, this job, and I didn't even know I fell in love with it, but I always enjoyed turning other people onto music. That was, as a kid, I, I loved telling my friends about the next greatest artist, you know, and look at this album cover and... My friends still break my chops to this day about, you know, I remember when you were talking about that album cover and you said, oh, that could be an album cover. And, <laughs> you know, um, I, I just enjoy doing it. So to this day, I love turning people on to new music and, and getting them passionate about something that we believe is going to be big. So it's the trust. It's the passion. It's, it's, and then it's also today more than ever, it's metrics. There's all sorts of signs. Right. Going back to what we talked about earlier, that, that – tell us the song looks like it's a hit, looks like the public likes it before it even gets on the radio. 
you know, there's the social media and, and there's the streaming and, and, and Apple Music and Spotify and, and, and on and on and on. I mean, things, things can be shazammed before they hit the radio. Um, uh, you know, if somebody's listening to something on Spotify and they shazam it, that's going to count as a, as a tag. But the, the, the massive shazamming t- typically happens when it hits radio. But we have all those, 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 uh, those metrics and, and our passion um, for a brand, brand, brand new artist um, that you need to get the launch going. Once you start, once, once you get up and running, it becomes a little bit easier each time. You know, it's never easy because uh, there's a saying that, uh, that many people have in this business, and I, I don't necessarily subscribe to it, but you're only as good as your last hit. Right. And, and I, I don't believe in that myself, but a lot of people say that. So despite two and three and five and ten hits, if the next one that comes out doesn't sound like a hit to that decision maker at the radio station, they're not going to play it, even though there's a track record of, you know, 15 hits. Um, uh, and that's a little bit of exaggeration. You know, not, not many artists have 15 hits uh, throughout their career. But um, Many on Columbia know. do, though. Yeah, we, we're very fortunate. We've yeah. got, we've got a, 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 quite, a, quite a base of uh, true uh, career artists. I remember uh, back in, I guess it was somewhere around 2008, uh, Silvio, uh, my boss, the director of charts here at Billboard, and I came up to Columbia, and you were really passionate about a new artist. You played us Chasing Pavements, mm-hmm. this artist, Adele. You said she's going to be the biggest thing, and we're like, well, hey, you're really, really hyping that, but it was, it's a good song. I think it's fair to say you were correct on that one. <laughs> that was one of those times when you hear something, and, you know, it's probably happened three or four times in my career where you hear something and say there's something super special here um, first and foremost she you know, Adele from day one had an amazing voice just an amazing voice right. um, we got to see her in very small environments in the beginning and the personality that so many people see now and have known about and how she is just what you see is what you get there's no filter and no governor um with what she says, we saw that from day one. How was she signed? Well, XL Recording signed her, which is a, an imprint um, uh, through us, and, and they're a label in the UK. And we signed her um, when you know when they had discovered her. Um, Rob Stringer, our, our chairman, uh, fell in love with her as well, and um, she came over here, and we did a we had a few meetings with her, and he signed her. Um, at Joe's Pub. We signed the contract at Joe's Pub uh, in, in New York. It was really a cool moment. Uh, and many of us were there when she actually signed signed the contract. But we saw this special, special artist and and, and this, this this wonderful young lady. I mean, don't forget, at that time she was, I guess, when we signed her, she was probably, I guess, 20? Because 19 was the album. Right, she was born and, and in she, 1988. And she... Um, she had written it, recorded it, and maybe we signed her when she was 19 or right after she turned 19. I don't, I don't recall uh, how old she was, but she was young. So she's still young. But we just saw something super special in her, and, um, you know, the sound was different. You know, Chasing Pavements was not an easy record to get played on the radio. People didn't feel it was a quote-unquote hit-sounding song, and, you know, what was happening in America with music, that really didn't quite fit, but... It was one of those cases when you believed in something, you dug in and dug in and dug in, and um, 
and we got it played, and it wound up being a, a pretty uh, decent size hit. It wasn't a massive record right. here, but uh, it, it was big enough to go into the top 15 on the charts, and, and as we got close to the top 15, she had the SNL appearance, um, and don't forget, that was... I think six months after we launched her, four, four, five, six months after we started on her with, with uh, getting her on the radio here, so it was a long process. Um, but that really th- that opened the doors because again, what we saw and we heard, um, the public got to see in mass through that appearance on SNL. So four or five months of radio play, SNL, boom, things just exploded from there. Um, so what brought her to the next level with Twenty One? Is it is it the music? Is it the promotion, again, everything. That I think a little bit of everything. Right. We set a great base for her. People, the next time around, a few years later, we weren't bringing them Adele who? What? what? Where's, this, where's this girl from? You right. know, people had an idea of who she was. We had, we had a, a, some pretty good success with the first album. Um, and, and, and again, it's back to the artist. She wrote a tremendous album. I mean, we heard that album from day one, and we were like, everything we did and we prepared and we built up on, on, on 19, my gosh, this is like, this is going to explode, right. you know? We had no idea how, it was, how big it was going to explode, but we knew. We knew Rolling in the Deep was going to be embraced by radio, and it was. It was the first single. My favorite from that record is uh, Set Fire to the Rain. I I just love that song, and I just had a uh, just 100% guarantee that was going to be a big hit, and it was, and and the rest, you know, Someone Like You, and they they were all massive, massive, massive hits. There was was probably four more singles on that record, but one of the things that we decided to do with her um, was try to preserve the the overall artistry uh, uh, of what that album was about and not have it just be another single, another single, and kind of, you know, oversaturate the market with Adele. Let the people that love her, love her and spread the word, and we did, but we went um, um, three singles deep officially, you know, and then um, the fourth song from the album, uh, Rumor Has It. Right. Um, that was uh, was a great song, and it was, a, it was a hit by many standards, but it wasn't something that we we pounded people over the head and tried to get it all the way to number one and all that kind of... We just wanted to let people enjoy another track from Adele and then kind of take a step back and let the album just continue to 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 be enjoyed by by millions of people. I mean, that in America, that record sold um, 11, 11 and a half, 12 million records. Yeah, it's the only album to pass the right. 10 million mark. In, right. Uh, in, uh, check the stats, but in, in a long time. Yeah, so... And part of the reason we believe that it continued to sell was that we didn't overdo it and just, you know, just keep Adele on the radio forever and ever for, during that year or two-year process and just keep slamming people over the head with another Adele. We let it kind of, uh, kind of marinate and mature and grow and just, just word of mouth on top of the three massive radio singles, right. num- number one singles, and um, and you know. The fourth one being a pretty big hit and, and a great song. Rumor has it, just a great, great song. Um, so that's kind of how that whole thing morphed. And she was superstar worldwide, biggest artist in the world, 
loved by so many people. She's likable. You, oh you, you said that's really what she's like. You Is that really what, she, what you see, what 100%. you get? 100%. From day one, she hasn't changed. And I just saw her a couple of months ago. She's the same Adele, the same person she is today, is the same person she was when I met her seven, eight years ago. I, I can't remember how many years it is now when I'm right. When I took her around to radio, you know, we went to radio stations and did events, and um, she's just funny. She's um, she's, she's real. She's, she's charming. She's not afraid to say oh, she's, she's totally down the, 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 on, on Saturday Night Live in, in in the fall. She she makes these goofy expressions after she's done. Like she's so happy she got through the performance. It's uh-huh. very endearing. Yeah, she's very endearing, very charming, um, and and very appreciative. You know, appreciative of. What she has, the gift she has been given, um, how she developed it has been tremendous, and, and appreciative of the people around her. You know, she's uh, she's always says thank you, and, and and she's just a sweet person and uh, an amazing artist to to work with. So you talk about uh, the oversaturation, uh, three years waiting for twenty five. So are you looking at that as a good thing that people had all this time to anticipate? A follow-up because I I'm trying to remember such an event like Hello and 25 was I I'm not sure I can remember any song or album being that anticipated in I don't even know how long yeah well again because of how massive the last album was so that had people waiting and wanting something from her for for a couple of years and a couple of years turned into three four years right um, but then back to the same thing I said earlier on we were going to get a giant look at no matter what she put out. But if she put out something that was good, okay, you know, we get a giant look and then that would be it. But she put something out that was spectacular, the single and then the album, just beyond spectacular, amazing music. So you take the anticipation and the, and the desire and the passion for, we can't wait to hear what this, what this woman has to, to, to say next and sing next. And she puts out something that is just over the top amazing, and that's we're at you know nine million albums sold in a few months. I mean, it's just it's absolutely astonishing. You know, breaking records, first week sales, streaming records, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's all you know about the music and the artistry and yes we have to promote and we have to have plans and do it the right way but um you know without amazing music we wouldn't be as far along with her as we are so it's it's been a great team effort by every department it's not just i'm, I'm here to talk about radio but our whole company right. has really handled her but also so many of our other artists um their projects with so much um uh, such a wide uh, breadth of, of making sure that we're covering all the areas and they're exposed but not overexposed and you know thinking long term we, we as a company we are very big on career artists and um, and we've got a pretty good track record of it and hopefully we're going to keep that going one of the uh, questions chart fans because we we read your comments in the comment section everyone uh, always thought from what we've been reading that, that when we when we were young great follow-up to Hello, but on the other side, Hello was such a huge hit. Do you think that 
maybe it got swallowed up a little bit, and and there was no there was no official video. Right? There still hasn't been for right. when we were young. What was the thinking um, at the label? What was Hello just? so big that you, you didn't want to put out another video. It was still a big radio hit, but I think there's that thinking that Hello was pretty tough to follow Well, there up. was the Live from Church's studio video, which right. had millions and millions of views. And there was discussion about a video at one point that her manager discussed it with her and they talked about it, but I, I'm not sure that it really needed a video, a proper video. That Does every song have to have a proper video? I mean, there was visual of her, and what a cool visual in yeah. that beautiful studio, and the performance was amazing. I mean, I'm not sure that it needed a video. And Well, Adele chart fans want her to have another number one. So you have the video, you have the streaming. So part of it is is the thinking, let's get her a second number one hit from the album. Right. But this song, as it, as it, as it were... Um, on the adult top 40 side, it peaked at... Uh, number three. Number, number two or number three? Number two or three, yeah. It, it was number two, I believe. Um, so it just missed number one by a few spins, and, you know, that's that's the, the chart game, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But in reality, aside from a piece of paper and, uh, and a milestone, what's the difference between number one and number two? When We Were Young is still a massive hit, yes. still a big, big record right. that will be around for many, many, many years to come. And I mean, what a what a, a great piece of art. What a, what a beautiful song and what, what a great story. And um, so but it's obviously still selling uh, 25. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. It's part of this, this, this great album. And we love having big singles from Adele, but we really love having great bodies of work and 19 21 and 25 have been incredible bodies of work this is my somebody can have a hit record in a matter of weeks i mean it just happened last year with rachel platten rachel platten you know we signed her and literally within weeks we had a hit Within a couple, three months, we had a massive hit in Fight Song. Massive. Um, and then our A&R department got together with her and uh, helped her and guided her in, in finishing her album. They came up with Stand By You, a follow-up massive, massive record. Right. So it's two number ones in a row from a brand. Well, she's not a brand new artist. With right, us, she's she, been around she, for With us, she's brand new. But she's been, she's been working at this for about 10 years right. on her own and with smaller, smaller um, um I don't know if she was assigned to a label or not, but her manager's been with her for, for the Yeah, she had ride. an indie uh, label hit uh, I guess about it was five years ago. Yeah, and but, you know, the, the story there is the song was used uh, in, in a, uh, a TV show for, for, for a minute back in December. Right. Of, uh, not this past year, but the year before. And, you know, it got a little exposure, and people knew it, and they, a couple of video, views of, of, the, of the spot. We signed her a few months later. It was actually two months later, February of uh, 15, 2015, and uh, uh, Mix, WWMX in Baltimore, put the record on the radio, and it exploded. Like one play, two plays. Who is that? What is it? And then they decided to keep playing it as part of their um, their radiothon for uh, Johns Hopkins, I believe, was the, uh, the radiothon for Johns Hopkins uh, Hospital. And the reaction was even bigger. So two days later, when the Radiothon was over, they kept playing the record. Um, program director Dave Labrosi uh, said, I- I'm going to keep playing this. And at that time, we hadn't signed her yet. So 
I was doing some homework and talking to Dave about it. He says, yeah, this is the real deal, et cetera. And um, I came back and told our A&R department about it. And we went out and we signed her two weeks later. It was actually Grammy weekend in L.A. on a Saturday. Um, we signed her. And then we sent the record out two weeks after we signed her. And we got three more stations. And the stations all got the same exact reaction as, as Mix in Baltimore. And the rest is history. It just it exploded. But that's the power of radio. It can happen that quickly right. when you have such a magical piece of music. Neverland is home to lost boys like me, and lost boys like me are free. Neverland is home to lost. And you've got someone like Ruth B, who, as you said, was signed. And we're seeing this with other labels. It's becoming much more common. Uh, someone who started on Vine, mm-hmm. people starting socially, turning into record label uh, deals and, and turning into hits. It's, a, it's the most recent example. Yeah, it's 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 a similar reaction to uh, to what happened with Rachel. Ruth B is it's it's incredible the reaction in single sales and Shazam. I mean, instantaneous. Um, and the beauty of this one is it's the younger demos. It's the teens. And it's the upper demo. It's the, the moms and the 30s and the 40-year-olds and 50-year-old females. Everybody loves this song. It's got a great message. It's got a great melody. And um, the ones that don't like it are the program directors of the radio stations because it's, it's a slow song. <laughs> but because program directors are just not fond of, of slower tempo records for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of massive hits that that are slower tempo and they play them but that's been the biggest challenge to get Ruth B on the radio the slow tempo um, but 90% of the programmers say you know what you guys are right we see the reaction from our sister station we see the reaction across the street we see the reaction here there I, I really don't need another ballad right now I don't think but I'm going to try it and they try it and the reaction is massive and it just keeps happening and happening and you know we're we're pretty close to to taking this record all the way. I mean we've got we, we've got we've got a few more stations to get and we've got um, a few more people to convince. But on the adult pop side and the top forty, the pop side, it's 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 amazing um, how this record has reacted in just a, sh- a few short months. It's only been we started working this record in January. You know heavily. We had a couple of stations started in December. Um, Alice in San Francisco and um, IXX in Green Bay, Alice being an adult pop station and IXX being a pop station. And they both had like. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Crazy, crazy reaction. Crazy reaction. 
So, any uh, talk at the label of an AC single from Beyonce's Lemonade? I'm thinking all night, but I know Beyonce is not your typical AC artist, and she is getting so much buzz from all the different platforms that this album is being consumed on. But any talk about that? You know what? We we haven't talked yet. It's a great song, and uh, well, we have talked. We haven't made any decisions yet um, because once again, an artist has delivered a tremendous body of work. So radio is taking to it and playing this and that and this and that, and we don't want to lead anybody down a path yet until we know or or have a feeling of what might be the consensus, what Beyonce wants, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. So for now, I mean, it just came out a few days ago, we're, we're enjoying the audience enjoying the album as a body of work and picking and choosing. And again, because of the way things are today with streaming and with with iTunes, and it's not like the old days where, you know, when an album came out, you only heard the single on right. the radio. The public either didn't go and get singles, they weren't available. If they did buy the album, you didn't know what they were listening to. Now you can see the the streaming numbers and and, and yeah, you know. instant research for right, you guys. Right. It, what a what a contrast in terms of the way Adele puts out her album. It's very much about uh, the the physical product, and, and you can't stream anything other than Hello. And on the other side, you get Beyonce uh, going through Title, and, and it's not for sale. HBO, and really just interesting uh, dichotomy between the two superstars. Proof that there's more than one way to do something. You know, there's 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 new and innovative ways that people are coming up with all the time. And um, and and they more than one way can can work and can work in a big way, especially when you have tremendous art, and that's that's what both of these artists have given us. What's uh, coming up for Columbia, Columbia AC? Uh, as we go through 2016, I will say that I'm looking forward to Heim new music. Yes, tell me new music is coming from Heim soon. Yes, it is. It is Heim. Uh, we have things coming from them soon. And I'm tired of Brand new artist that's that's out now, but hasn't gone to radio yet, but will be, is a Swedish singer songwriter. She goes by the name of Leon L E O N. Um, she is another incredible artist, singer, songwriter, poise, charm. She's kind of got it all. Um, she's uh, 23 years old, and we're about to take "Tired of Talking" the single to radio um, in the next few weeks. Um, we're just kind of introducing her now, but she's got the social media. She's got a huge following on Spotify, um, and, and Apple Music is the streams are picking up there as well. I mean, like hundreds of thousands of listens a week. I sit there, and this is what we were talking about earlier: how the new metrics, the new way to discover music, is certainly part of it. Right. And to have three hundred fifteen thousand listens, streams in a week on that song. And it's about to get much bigger because we've just done some things with her video release and with Spotify and, and Apple Music. They love and iTunes loves what she's all about, and they're, they're creating some campaigns for her. So there's a lot going on before we go to radio, um, but the feedback from the program directors so far has been very positive on her and her voice and um, people looking forward to, to getting her on the radio and hopefully watching another one explode for us. So, Leon, you heard it here first. 
Yes. All right. And that's, uh, again, just an interesting point you made, but it, it seems like it's, it's uh, worth repeating that back when you started at Columbia in the 90s, you didn't have uh, streaming. You didn't have that kind of uh, research to see what people liked before you went to them saying, here's our new artist. It must be a little different now where you have – you must know when you uh, bring new music now – more than ever, that it may connect because you can see that people are streaming it, people are shazamming it. More of a guessing game back in the 90s of what might work? Oh, yeah. There was much more gut then. Um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had single sales. We had album sales. You had concerts. You went to concerts. You saw the reaction from the audience. I mean, rewinding, my gosh, is it is it 15 years now? I, I can't remember. But that's what happened with Train and Meet Virginia. Right. What we did with them was we, we went and saw them in concert, and they, in the southeast, and they're from, they formed in the Bay Area, but they had this, this big following in the southeast, and there was a number of shows they had down there where the audience was just singing along to their songs, but in particular, Meet Virginia, and, and in Birmingham, um, we, uh, we, we videotaped a show down there with them, and you saw the the crowd singing along to Meet Virginia. Where did this, who, who heard this? Where did it come from? Right. So we took that tape, and, and that video, and we showed it to programmers. Because when we played them the song, they thought it was okay. It's good. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. And, and we told them about this following the band has. And, and then we showed them the following. And some were like, wow, that's incredible, and jumped right on. And then, like most people are, there was a lot of skeptics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody could create that video. You know, you just, you just, you know, you, you I don't know what they, they accused us of doing, but they accused us of it not being legit, not being real. So it was just, that's, but that's why I have a job, because people don't believe. So you have to do everything you can to make them believe and to teach and to show. And that's where all the things we've been talking about come into play, your passion, you know, the metrics, um, your, your your track record, the trust factor, you know. I think it would be a lot easier if I showed that video today to people that they would believe me right away as right. opposed to 15 years ago when I didn't have a track record. I, people didn't know that, that I was going to, you know, help be part of establishing these these artists on the radio or um, I was going to be right more than I was wrong. But but they didn't know that. So, the, you know, the trust was, was not there. Um, but it is now, so... More often than not, when we tell people something like, listen, we really believe in this one, and here's why, there's a much greater tendency to, to believe in us and trust. And we're not always right. Nobody can be. This is art. I mean, you don't know for sure. And what, what we think is great, someone else might not think is great. Or what, what the audience thinks is great, a program director may still say, you know what, it is great, and they've got a big following, but it's not right for the sound of my radio station. And that's, that's their prerogative. They can absolutely say that and feel that and... Sometimes we, uh, we accept it, but most times we don't. <laughs> we keep pushing and pushing and, and get non-believers to believe and to give it a shot. And that's really been happening most recently with, with Ruth B. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see non-believers um, at least give the record a shot. They may not be a believer after it's on the radio, but they, they, or they, they play it and they see the reaction. They say, well, you were right. The audience does dig it, so um, I'll keep playing it. Yeah, it's got to be a, a really fun part of the job for you, that that, that element of surprise where both uh, you never know where the next artist is going to come from, and then if they're going to connect, there's sort of that, that 
the competitiveness in you must come out. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's exciting. It's fun. Um, and when you get a win, yeah, you want to you want to you want to uh, brag about it a little bit. You know, you're never cocky. You know, we we really believe in being humble at Columbia and not not uh, not not being braggadocious. But but it's you know we we're on top with a record. It's nice to say you know what here we are. We're number one, and we, we're glad we did it. You know, thanks for your help because we wouldn't have done it without radio's help. You know, there's no way that a song goes to number one without the vast majority of radio stations playing the record. So. Um, it's it, it, there is a lot of competitive uh, competitiveness that comes into play with with uh, us against ourselves, but also us uh, and, and the other labels because everybody's got great artists. It's not just Columbia. There's there's plenty of artists out there from all the different labels that have had amazing careers. Yeah, everybody wins. Everyone gets good music, and that's again that's, for you what it really is all about, right? Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. I, I'm competitive. I want to win, but I I also I do like when the industry wins, you know, because this is, uh, it's a business, but first and foremost, it's, it's art. And, um, I mean, who, who doesn't want to have music around them? You know, that's why I got into this. I mean, I started when I was younger, just being, uh, a music fan. Um, I started playing the drums at 10 years old and I just continued to, you know, have music around me my whole life, you know, inspired by, by my father and my, my mother. My father was a huge music fan. He introduced me to the Beatles. Yeah, you know, I have I have Beatles vinyl, you know, because of him. Um, it was his, you know. And, um, so, I, who doesn't want to be around music? I mean, it's just uh, it it does so much for for so many of us in so many different ways. You know, healing, inspiring, um, it puts us in great moods. You know, helps us get through bad times, et cetera, et cetera. Well, congratulations, Pete, on, on all the success over uh, 23 years at Columbia, continuing, um, maybe even you know, more than ever, the success you're having now with, with Adele and uh, Rachel Platten, Ruth B., uh, more acts on the way, including Leon. Leon, um, again, there's going to be, uh, there's an opportunity for us to break a new artist, and that's, that's the lifeblood of the record business, to, to break new artists. But at the same time, to continue to grow the careers of established artists, and like we're doing with Adele and Beyonce now, um, uh, but there's another one that, that we hope to have music from later in the year from a pretty well-known adult pop artist, um, and, and he's, uh, he's a guy that started at Columbia and has had his whole career there, and that's John Mayer. Right. You know, John Mayer is uh, writing right now and uh, hopefully recording soon, and we hope, we hope to have some music from him, you know, this year, if possible. Don't know yet, but uh, that's the... Uh, that's the that's, that's the desire, the wish, and and he's another one that started from you know the very very beginning with us, and and uh, just a true, true artist, an amazing artist. Um, I mean, I, I think he set the bar really high for singer songwriters when you know when he came on. There were plenty that came before him, and right. there's been many after him, new, newer ones, but. Um, I, I think the, the the bar was set incredibly high with John, and he's got some amazing, amazing songs. And um, he's been away for a little bit. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And his last couple of albums were um, more artistic in nature. They weren't as hit driven as as the earlier ones, but they were still great bodies of work. I mean, Born and Raised is just an amazing album, but um, he, not not necessarily chock full of hits but we'll see what this next album brings um but his fan base is huge and his touring base is huge and as you know he's you know an amazing live performer um so uh we're looking forward to music from him um 
train is uh, is is writing uh, now and, and hopefully recording soon and um, another band that as we said earlier started with Columbia and great guys just they were really so good great guys. I, I, I you talked about uh, how they're following what was uh, partly from their live shows I'd never seen them until a couple years ago I, I actually went real reason I went to the show is to see Alex and Sierra who was the opening act mm-hmm. and then I stayed for the train show Radio obviously. City right yeah Radio, Radio City yeah. obviously you know trains you know, they're, they're great let me see what they're like it turns out to be one of the best shows I've, I didn't realize how good they are live oh yeah great performers and how much everyone was into every song Jimmy Jimmy uh, is just I mean just, just a, a fun guitar player a, a, just a great guy um, Jimmy Stafford, I'm talking about, and, and Pat Monahan. I mean, this as as a as a singer. I mean, just a great, great rock and roll singer and a front man. Um, and he has fun out there. Uh, and the two of them together. I mean, they are the, the nucleus of Train, and um, and they've always had great musicians around them. But th- those two guys, man, just you know, they just know how to do it. And talk about hits on the radio. I mean, just massive, massive. Lifelong hits and and for decades to come. I mean, you know, those songs, "Drops of Jupiter," "Soul Sister," "Calling All Angels." Those songs are going to be around forever. I mean, just great bodies of work and um, great messages. So uh, that's kind of what it always comes back to. You know, what what we do on the radio promotion side is is vital to the label, and and I'm so proud of what we do every day. Our team and. Um, led by our the, the gentleman who runs the promotion department, Lee Leipsner, who's been at Columbia longer than me. Right. Um, you know, he's more passionate than anybody I've ever seen about the, the radio and the record business. Um, and our passion is really how things keep rolling. Um, but we've got to have great music um, to, to get a shot on the radio and to see the audience react. And these artists continue to give it to us. We'll have you back here, uh, Pete, on the podcast as you have uh, more hits and uh, maybe have Lee on as well. Talk sure. about uh, what's going on there. And I don't want to say goodbye, so we'll, we'll say hello. That's, that's the Columbia book. <laughs> Thanks. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it and I look forward to coming back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.